Merry What's Wait, up, Andrew? Hold, hey, hey, Chris. How doing, how's it going, dude? Happy uh, uh, late January. Yeah, it is late January. And you know what? It's a little late that we've... Uh, we have a guest on today, and this is long overdue. Let's just put it that way. That's true. But... Sometimes things happen for a reason. This guy has actually, and not that he wasn't busy before the COVID lockdown, but but somehow, some way, he found a way to be 10 times more busy, it seems, under lockdown. He's a true artist finding a way to sort of thrive and make the most out of a terrible situation. Like uh, like we always talk about, you know, we have guests like Howie on, Greg Shields. It's like out of dark times comes necessity to create and find a way around and to persevere. And this guy is the epitome of that. Before we bring our guest in here today, Andrew, who are we? What are we doing here? And what do we have in store for the listeners here today? Oh, hey guys. Welcome to another episode of Talking with Andrew and Chris. I'm Andrew. The guy that was just talking was Chris. Uh, he's going to continue to be Chris as well, so that's exciting. Um, well, we're here. It's another episode. We talk about music, life, everything in between. This guy that we're about to talk to has done music. Uh, I assume he's lived a life, and he's done everything in between yeah. that as well. Um, Hopefully. Seems well-rounded, as, at least. And also, just to point out, <laughs> one of the coolest venue runners I've personally ever met in my life, R.I.P. The Donk. We'll get into it. Um, True. Uh, but, yeah, if you're times. if you're watching this on YouTube, thanks. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Washed my hair for you. Um, yeah, you can find us on YouTube at Talkin' Podcast. Talkin', spelled T-A-L-K-I-N, no G. We've had episodes on this podcast with the likes of John James Ryan, or as we know him, just John of Keep Flying, Howie Spangler of Ballyhoo, Dom Reed of Broadside, also Dom and Pat coming on the show again next month. Gonna be a banger. Uh, on top of so many more interviews, we've had Adobe Radio hosts, we've had borderline, you know, pop sensations not just our friend Tyler but we love him and we want to hype him up any he's chance we can Sony, get that's he's, pretty cool he, he's the man and we, and we love him so if you guys like sort of a casual music show where we talk about a little bit of everything around the topic of music this is the place to be we're also on Spotify Apple Stitcher Breaker Google Play Overcast Radio Public and a whole slew of other places and uh, with that being said Andrew I think let's just get into it man I mean this yeah. dude has shown you us know, nothing but kindness it's funny the only place that you didn't really mention that we are is a place that this guy seems to be living on which is twitch so look out oh, for us true. to be on twitch soon but while you're on twitch check this guy out yeah let's just so bring this, him this in, is dude. one of the most yeah this is one of the most talented guests i think that we've we've had on one of the most multifaceted dudes in sort of like not only just the pop punk world i, I it, listen a lot of pop punkers don't really adopt technology that early it's there's a bit <laughs> of a dinosaur mentality there he sort of he sort of has uh, i think started a movement really you know inside that community and is, is changing it for the better again super talented dude one half of the incredible duo called Shakeout, and I'll just let them describe themselves because they do a little bit of everything, and so does this guy, AJ Chiarella. Welcome to the show for the first time, man. You guys are way too nice. (laughs) Like, I'm just... I'm a dude that just lives in my basement and talks at a camera sometimes. Like, yeah, but you know what? There <laughs> no, are, <man>. Listen, <laughs> but there are plenty of people out there who are like, you know what? Today's the day I'm going to set up my camera and talk to it, and then they don't, and you've been doing it. Exactly. Yeah, I try. I try. It's funny. You said you had John. I've, I've listened to your episode. You had John twice, right? Yep. Yes. Uh-huh. Just John twice, yeah. I've, I, yeah, I've listened, I, I'm having him on my podcast later today. Oh, wow. very cool. Uh, la- yeah, later today he'll be on, on, on mine live on, uh, we're doing on Twitch. Nice, well, man. Tell him we I'll said to hello. tune into that. Yeah. Uh, this I is will. This I is will. coming out on Wednesday, so the next day after we oh, record so. this, but go back and check out the replay. I assume it's going to be up somewhere, right? 
Yeah, it'll be on all the streaming things on Friday. I Perfect. Think. So AJ, man, it's good to have yep. you. We've we've known you for quite some time. We were the. Uh, Identity Crisis Band, who <laughs> knew how to book tours uh, through the pop punk community, the hardcore community, which is where we've all met and come from and go way back to, uh, you know, so many different incarnations of bands over the years. But we were sort of like the blues yeah. folk rock band that you were just so gracious enough to put us on ska and punk shows. And we've always appreciated that about you. You've always been a nice, welcoming guy. So sort of take us back to start off through your musical history. You grew up in Yonkers, which is a pretty populated area. You're still there, to my knowledge. And what was that kind of like? Because upstate, you know, we had an awesome privilege, I'd say, of growing up with the legendary Chance Theater, having so many young people be interested in music, having a place to go on the weekends to sort of foster our love for music, play in bands, you know, learn how to sort of interact and network in a polite, respectful way, as opposed to just like, give me a show, I'm here, right? I came to support you, now you got to support me. But it seems like you just, we, we come down to Yonkers and you hear things about the city, they're rough, they're tumble, but you've always been warm and welcoming. So take us back, like all the way back, starting with your journey of sort of growing up on the border of New York City, the border of upstate, and, and just finding music, man. Yeah, I mean, so for me, uh, so I have two parents that are, are super about music. No one plays. I have no musicians in my family. Uh, but my dad uh, brought me to a Kiss concert when I was five years old. Uh, my dad has seen Kiss over 60 times. Uh, so he brought me to a Kiss concert when I was five years old. Gene Simmons makeup, whole nine yards. Have like, you, have you told this to, to Kiss. Austin? Uh, no. <sighs> Damn, he's, he's going to be Kiss so mad when to... he finds out. <laughs> and I've, so I've seen I've now in my life at 28 years old I've seen Kiss 26 times but this is first time ever I was five oh, wow. years old my dad brought me to Kiss like it was a big thing and uh, yeah so my parents got me a guitar when I was six and uh, I just it, it was it was too too early for me to get into that like I just wasn't there mentally to do it uh, but I remember when I was 10 years old being in uh, in public school and uh, I saw this kid play Smoke on the Water. Uh, during a talent show on an it's electric guitar, and I immediately, dude, <laughs> oh, yeah, and, or as kids on TikTok will tell me now that that's the forbidden riff, which is hysterical. <laughs> the z- zero three five, it's forbidden. I make jokes about it on the internet all the time. Now I, they, I <laughs> had no idea that that was a thing, but I really loved learning that. Oh uh, yeah, it's bro, forbidden. 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 It, I I would always thought that was Stairway to Heaven was forbidden from Wayne's World, but they they say it's that. But uh, anyway, I, yeah, so I, after that, I saw that kid play the guitar, I was like, yo, I, I, mom, I really want to get a guitar. And uh, my parents were pretty down for it off the bat. They just kind of got me one. And uh, yeah, from there, it was it was pretty cool because um, I was playing basketball for like whatever, you know, the youth league, whatever you call it, little league. And uh, kid I was playing basketball with, uh, my friend who is one of my best friends to this day, John Sipa, he, uh, he was like the best on the team. I was not the best on the team. I was more probably one of the worst. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But our dads got to talking in the stands and uh, it was around Christmas time and his dad was like, yeah, I'm buying my son a bass. And my dad was like, oh, AJ just got a guitar. He just started like figuring out a few chords and whatnot. And uh, we broke our, I broke my thumb because I slammed it in a car door. And I think he s- broke his wrist sk- snowboarding at the same time. So we had to go to the games for like three weeks and both sit on the <laughs> sidelines. Because we couldn't actually play. I love play. that you still had and to And we go, just started. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, dude, yeah, I'm, I'm nine still... years old. What am I going to do? Just sit here for two hours with a broken wrist? Like, let me go home. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's funny because I don't think I've ever told this story publicly either. But, like, basically we sat 
uh, we sat um, together and we just started talking. I was like, oh, I got a guitar. He's talking about bass, yada, yada. Our parents kind of made it work out where we hung out a few times and the, we became literally best friends and we learned how to play music together and started bands together. And without him, I don't think that I would have ever like been so entrenched in learning because we really learned together and we found music together. We found all these bands and... You know, my dad was obviously super into like he's into metal and old classic rock and all this stuff, and also hip hop. My dad loves hip hop, but he put me on a lot of stuff. But I also was able to find my thing with my friends too, which was cool. Like I had someone to like learn with and find a Green wow. Day, and then dig down the whole rabbit hole and go down and <coughs> find more punk bands and more um, of my music that wasn't just my parents' music, which was cool. I, I had someone to learn with, and we learned a lot over the years together. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know. I, I would say that the, to me, all this says is you get it because I think one of the reasons why, no, to be honest with you, I don't want to sound like a dinosaur or anything. I do listen to a fair shake of modern artists, but one thing I find about the modern artists I enjoy, as opposed to the ones that I write off is they don't know musical history. They don't understand the artists that came before them, their contribution to music, especially rock artists. And so they just end up sort of reproducing this regurgitation of Something that has no... You can tell when something doesn't have a spine, something to stand on. And I've never felt that about your music. I've always felt that there is a depth of knowledge there. Because one of the most beautiful things to me is how punk rock took... If you look at like bands like, for example, I'm a huge Rancid fan. There's so many blues guitar licks in Rancid. Same. They wouldn't have that and if Matt, they didn't Matt know Freeman's about Chuck Berry, Buddy Holly. You know what I mean? They would not have that. And so you can really tell those here today, gone tomorrow, pop punk bands. 100%. I don't want to offend anyone, so I'm not going to name any. But we just went through the 2010s. We, we know who we know who's still here and who's not. And it's those artists right. that are able to borrow from the past. So I've always I've always liked you. Now I like you, you know, even more, man. That's funny. That's what Chris got from hearing that. <laughs> what I heard hearing the story is that your dad might be cooler than Dan Burke's dad. And I thought Dan Burke had like a really <laughs> cool dad. So like. I've t I've talked to Dan Burke about his dad before. That's fun. I, no, I, you can't I, talk to Dan Burke I, about uh, Dan Burke's dad because Dan Burke does not understand how cool I'm Dan Burke's dad is. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I think it was. I think John Ryan told me about there Dan Burke's dad while we were bike we were bike riding mm -hmm, a, a mm -hmm, couple months mm -hmm. ago. So. Yeah. Listen, the yeah, audio yeah, file knows what awesome. he's talking about. Hey, shout out rock and roll dads. I think that's the overall sentiment yes. here. Yeah, you so have yeah. a rock and roll dad too, Chris. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. AJ, so with that being said, man, we're talking about you have like your musical partner at a young age. It's sort of like that, like, I'd say, because I had the same thing. It was like an adversarial friendship where it's like, oh, you got good at, you got good at Hell's Bells? All right, well, screw you. I'm going to go learn Back in Black and That's... shove it in your face. But we're going to play it again. <laughs> that, that was, <laughs> bro, that was, that was us, dude. We have, there's, I remember we we would had we would go into his basement and his grandfather was a jazz drummer. So we had a, an old jazz drum kit. And we would jam out on that and, or, and guitar and bass. So we had all the instruments just set up. And then we had an old karaoke machine. And you know how those karaoke machines had cassette players that you could hit record on it? Yeah, I do. We would just record to tape. Like, we would play, like, ACDC or we would play, like, Kiss or whatever. But then we'd also do Fat Lip by Sum 41 and Hitching a Ride by Green Day. But we would just do the takes until we got it, felt like we got it right. So you'd listen to this one tape and American Idiot would probably be on it like six times. <laughs> but, Love that. So like, much, man. We would just roll it because we needed to get it right. And uh, yeah, but yeah, like, classic rock was huge for us too, man. We were, it's, all, it's all I listened to. I was obsessed. I was obsessed with Angus. Oh. Angus is the reason I play music. So, you know. He's my. He's the, the best. best yeah, you, you you really do get it. So AJ, man, with, with all this being said, you, you're talking about like growing up and and sort of like you know 
playing in basements, how do you jump into <laughs> A, being a multi-instrumentalist and B, getting out there and playing shows? Like, take us into like, I'm sure it's all started in high school. So walk us through that next chapter of, you know, thinking about booking the DIY tours and, and you know, you, you've done a lot. I'll let you tell it, but get us there. It, it actually started in, in middle school for me. Um, I played my first gig in 2005 when I was 12. Um, with John and our band at the time was called Green Eggs and Mayhem. That was my first band. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold on, hold on, uh, hold on. We hold on. Say that again. <laughs> the The band name was Green Eggs. That's and Mayhem. incredible. That's that amazing. Was our, that, that was our Mayhem. band name. Yeah, we did, and it's funny. We had a shtick, man. We I probably made more money in that band than any other band I ever played in because. We were young, but we were able to do, like, we had some original songs, but we also did a lot of covers. Like, at 13, I was able to play, like, the Crazy Train solo, so we would do <laughs> Crazy Train. And then we would get hired to play bars and shit because they would be like, yo, look at these 13-year-old kids that could play Crazy Train. Like, we had a shtick, and then as soon as we got older, it was, like, gone. Yeah, totally. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. Green Eggs and Mayhem. Uh, but, yeah, Green Eggs and Mayhem. So, through that... um. I met some of my like closest friends and some of my friends to this day. Uh, there was a thing called Yonkers Underground, and uh, so our band at the time, you know, we would just play whatever, whatever, whoever would let us. If we could play the school talent show, we played the school talent show. If we, but we found these kids that were a few years older than us, and they did uh, what was called Yonkers Underground. My friend uh, Donald and Nelson, who are still two of my best buds to this day. Um, they were they were really co super cool to us, you know. They were like when we we're thirteen, they're like sixteen, eighteen. They're a few years older, but they were down to just have us play shows. And we learned about the local that there was other bands and there was other community. And at that same time, um, the Bronx Underground was really big. So uh, at that time, like they, they still do shows there now, but FLC was this church basement in the in Throgsneck in the Bronx. And bands like Daly's Gotten Wrong would play, or A Moment's Worth, and 400 kids would be there. Um, so we we got to kind of see all that happen, even though we were like very small, low of the totem pole of all of that. But it was definitely really inspiring to not only see like, as far as my parents do, like my dad, he would bring me to Kiss concerts. That's arena level. But this was me getting to see like, oh wow, these guys are like live around here and they're just on MySpace, but they could bring 400 people to a show. And I like really learned a lot through that. And I learned that um, at, even after Young Yonkers Underground kind of faded away, because those guys were a few years older than us, that if you wanted to do shows, you kind of just had to make it happen. <laughs> like there was no there was no venue. We don't have a venue in Yonkers. So it was like wherever you're gonna do a show, you're just like just make it happen somewhere. Wherever you just figured out we had a PA system, so we just started in high school, especially just started like figuring out hey, we want to play a show, there's nowhere to play a show. Listen, so. a kid with a PA system is a dangerous thing. You can set that <laughs> shit up anywhere you can plug in, yeah. and all of a sudden, you got a problem. <laughs> yup, yup. Any kids that may potentially listen to this, buy Just a PA system it. if you're in a band, because you'll be, you'll be the guy that can throw the shows. True. That's, that's, all how, that's honestly that's all you, you, the you brush the elbows, the, you, you shake the hands, and you get more shows in other places that aren't just your basement or your garage. Yeah, you're right. Then, then it's like, oh shit, we've got this great show planned, but we don't have any PA. Get this kid who has the PA in his band will play. And you're like, great, now my yeah. band has yeah. a show. Exactly. That's it, dude. You, you, you become very valuable once you have <laughs> yeah. PA. <laughs> I was the kid with the PA, so I'm, I'm with you on that, AJ. Uh, so we're talking about sort of playing your first show, early middle school, uh, and I'm assuming that that band didn't go very far as i know my first 
childhood band. We also, I played my first show when I was 13 uh, at the Loft in Poughkeepsie. We opened up actually for... Uh, the singer of the Starting Line side project, Personnel. I forget his name right now. Nice. Yeah, wow. dude. It was pretty awesome. He was so hyped because it was our first show. We had to have sold 200 tickets. He's like, dude, this tour's <laughs> been terrible. You guys rock, man. And then, of course, all of our family leaves right after we play. But we stuck Oof. around. We stuck around because we knew, hey, you got to be respectful from early on. That punk etiquette, which... Honestly, I carry through a lot of my life with me. You know, there's actually a decent amount of respect from the punk community that I, I kind of got. But yeah, it's just so I've been there. I, I get that. But I want to know when it started getting serious for you. You know, you're in high school. You're thinking like I could pass this test or I could book a weekend or, you know, did that happen or anything like that? <laughs> well, so like I said, funny enough, that first band did go for a long time, man. I, I almost all the way through high school. Um and we, we did pretty well. Like, we didn't travel because we were too young to do that. Couldn't even drive yet. But we did play around a lot locally. We made some decent, like, money. And I learned what it was like to play in front of people through that. And then uh, and then when that ended, I started a, a, another pop punk band with AJK in high school. Like, tail end of high school, like 11th into 12th grade. We had a pop punk band. And it was funny. It was me, AJK, and then Brandon, who played in One Fell Swoop. We were all in a band together in high school. Uh, and then that ended right after high school. It wasn't super serious. It was kind of our thing in high school. And then once we went to college, it all split off. And then I would say One Fell Swoop is where it started to get a little bit more more serious for me, uh, which was college. That's where I had met you. I remember you guys were coming up, playing a lot of shows with Far From Proper, um, Mild Band. We'd all sort of, I, I know you used to throw shows even before the donk down in Yonkers. And people would go down and play these crazy Yonkers shows. And I honestly was just too afraid to talk to you all of our band was like yo they're from yonkers dude they throw crazy shows down there they're tough like we'll let them approach us and if we don't get a show with them we don't get a show with them. No, that's on us you know I what i mean so, swear to god they're tough that's so <laughs> yeah i'll never god. forget uh, i'll never forget that this one show we had with far from proper man it was like way too chaotic like the show that we were never allowed to do a show at this place ever again because the neighbors were like hell no it was at yep. a boys and girls club but it was it was far from. It was one fell swoop's record release, and we had far from proper in that band old again. Oh, on true, from Love Florida. But we, but also modern baseball did a secret set because they were on tour and they had a, a matinee show at Webster Hall. So they just drove up to Yonkers after the show and just came and did a secret set at our show. Badass, and which was sick. It was like the most Whoa. one of the most chaotic shows ever. But just thinking far from proper, I just like so thought of correct that. me if I'm wrong. Like, I remember like an aerial picture of that show that sort of shot down into where the show was taking place, and it just looked like it was like so such like a like a hard ass thing that was happening there. And then like, I do remember it actually getting shut down and like my bandmate Chris coming up to him and be like, yeah, it doesn't look like we're playing a show on Yonkers anytime soon. It's <laughs> just like, yeah, it's not happening. Like we missed the boat. Uh, the show, yeah, the show didn't get shut down. It, it happened. The whole, all bands got to play, but at the end of the night, the guy that ran the place, was, he was super nice too, mind you, but the neighbors hated it dude I, I don't know if I could swear yeah it's fine Andrew swear. does it all the time so whatever <laughs> my dad's already disappointed it's fine I, yeah sorry Andrew I didn't even throw you under the bus but bro bro I'm from fucking Yonkers we're hard we're hard down here we fucking get curse every other way get away bro Bison. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, dude. It didn't. At the end of the night, the guy was just like, "Listen, man, that was cool and all, but you just shoved like 150 people into a room that's supposed to fit like 12. <laughs> <laughs> not not 12. That actually, feels though, maybe like 30. that has the same energy as the donk. I think it's like, yeah, well, yeah, it's like I don't know if this, they didn't I don't like know if this many people are allowed to be in this room, but no one's scared. So they, 
they didn't they didn't like me there either. So <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. So you're throwing these crazy shows, one foul swoops, where it really happens. You, your earlier band goes on for quite some time, actually. I commend you guys. Like it's uh, we fought a bunch back in the the young kid band days. We actually had three different bands with the same people because of how much we fought. We get back together, and you, you know how it goes. But. Different, different name, name every time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm, Lunchtime yeah, escapades, yeah. the whole shebang. Thanks, Jeff Grablick, for naming that one. We used it. Anyways, uh, so with that being said, my friend Jeff <laughs> does listen one. to the show. I, I like that. So, uh, AJ, man, one fell swoop. I, I do actually remember you guys coming up to the loft a lot. I remember you guys kind of making some yeah. headway. Kids were really starting to dig it up here. And, and I remember you started opening up the shows in our area, but then you, you'd kind of play over some of the locals. And it was warranted because kids didn't go outside and smoke their cigarettes. You know, The loft was very much so, hey, if we don't want to see you, we don't care where you build. We're going to go outside and chit-chat. We're going to come back in and watch the next band we want to see. So there could be 200 yeah. people in the loft sold out at a given time. But if you were playing, you might only have 15 or you might have 175. People seem to really like you in the area so like why don't you talk about the approach you took uh, as your first like real serious like let's take over the world i assume style band even though i hate when bands yeah. say let's take over the world but like the mentality is like let's you know take this by storm why don't you let us into the mindset of those earlier years of you pursuing this full-time essentially well all right so so my like i'm saying before my buddy john sipa uh who i grew up with playing music he was a year older than me right so he went to college a year before me, and he went down to Philly. He went to Drexel for college. And his first year in college, he started doing a lot of DIY touring. Um, he played in a band called W.C. Lindsay, who to this day, one of my favorite bands of all time. You guys would probably love them, actually. They're, they're like an electro-pop band. I'm um, listening. Great. <laughs> great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> great band, but anyway, R.I.P. But... Uh, when I was watching my best friend who I grew up with tour, I was like, wow, we could do that. Like, that's a thing. You know, like that was the first eye-opening point for me when I was a senior in high school being like, wow, I could, I could do that too. So, yeah, I got into college, started this band. Um, and right off the bat, we were just kind of like, we want to we try to do this thing, like for, for real. Like, we want to see if we could, how far we could take this. Um, and th the one fell swoop that ended was... Not the same one fell swoop that started right in the beginning. Our drummer was different. We had a lead singer to begin with. Uh, we didn't really have a bass player for the first few shows. Um, but uh, what it turned out to be was, I mean, some of the best times and years of my life. And I learned, like, so much through the process of being in that band. Um, but, yeah, I, getting into that, was it was kind of inspired, again, by my best bud and then just seeing how you could do it and then going to college and being like, I want to I try to see if I can do this, too. And uh, Poughkeepsie was one of our favorite places because, uh, you know, New York City to getting on gigs in New York City is next to impossible to get support spots and stuff like that in New York City. Um, it's not, you know, with Poughkeepsie, I remember we had to sell tickets every time we did a show up there. Which, you know, is fun to try to get all your friends from college and to come up an hour to go see band play. But we just hustled for it, man. We, like, really... Our second show ever was at The Chance opening for Bayside. That's that's kind of sick. And, uh, yeah, we sucked. <laughs> we were terrible. We, we, we didn't have... Like, we didn't even have... We had four songs. We only played four songs. And uh, we had a singer at that point. Like, it wasn't the same band, but... 
it definitely taught me the drive of like, oh, you can make, we got 75 people up there, you know, and I was like, we could do this. And then we started just trying to like, we just started asking to get on shows as much as we could, just asking and asking and asking and just getting a lot of no's and getting a lot of like rejections, but being like, it's cool. Like we're going to just keep asking. And through that process, yeah, it, Poughkeepsie was one of our favorite places to go to. We opened up for Set Your Goals. We direct supported for them up there one time. That was an amazing, amazing show. And I remember us be, just being like using the leverage of uh, putting out a new EP and, and just saying, yo, we'll use this as our EP release show and we'll get you 50 people there. And they were like, all right, we'll give you the direct support spot. Like, that's how I think we got over some of the locals, too, is that we were just like, we'll what, get the people What, what was promise. that, like, the 2 p.m. Set Your Goals show? Like, that afternoon one that happened? Okay. No, is it the, it was at the yeah. loft. It was they a did, They thing. did, like, we played the 2 p.m. show. Uh, there was uh, this weird thing <laughs> where they, they played two sets in one day. I kid you not. It was actually insane. Their New York City oh, show got canceled okay. for some reason. And so the loft is like, come up here. You guys will freaking sell out twice in one day. So it might have been, That's you guys might have driven up for the evening. I, I interned there at the time, so my band played, and I just got to stay for free and watch it. I'm just wondering, because that's like the legendary, set your, you go up and look up Set Your Goals on the Loft on YouTube, it's the 2 p.m., there's freaking sunlight coming in through those gated loft windows. <laughs> that's like oh, shit, set. I've seen those videos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I just always I ask. Was, but Damn. I remember Bellwether yes. played. I don't remember who else played the show, but I remember us and Bellwether played, and we because we played with them a, mm -hmm. a handful. That of Long Island we scene, the, we'll get there. The we'll year. definitely get there. So yeah, you're talking about sort of traveling, yeah. realizing essentially what I'm getting from this is the hustle and sort of the entre entrepreneurial spirit. You, you kind of have to, if you want to thrive in the DIY punk scene, or even when you get past DIY and you get on like a label, it's still an indie label. You need to be an entrepreneur from start to finish. So it seems like you kind of realize that early on. Yeah, it was the thing where I was just ready to take on the challenges and learn the skills. Like, I was very driven to just learn whatever skill I needed to learn to be able to try to just step up a little bit. I, I you know, I put in a lot of the a lot of the work. I mean, I, I love all those guys in One Fell Swoop. I did most of the managing stuff, essentially. Like, I did all the booking and the managing and the networking and the talking to people and i booked a lot of shows like you said here which in turn also i met a lot of people through that because people would hit me up to book yo can we play a show sure hey, cool i'll book you a show and then i met them and then i would be able to but we'd be able to swap like you know that's how we got to play the far from proper funny. record release show because <laughs> i had them down here and then we became friends <laughs> and then you know the whole the whole deal man you get you got to put yourself in the, I think people wait for opportunities, but the reality is you got to, I learned that you have to put yourself in the spot to get the opportunities. Yes. That's actually an amazing that's sentiment. True. The and right place at the right time. Yeah. But I think that helps, but I think not being afraid to take the shot when you're in that right place at the right time. Yeah. Like, like for well, example, yeah. me with, with AJ's band, we were too young. We were too hesitant, you know, and I never realized we were this close in age, AJ. I think it's cause you've always had an insane beard that I was like, all right, well, these <laughs> are the older kids and we don't really want to ask them to go down and play Yonkers. We're just going to wait until they ask us and, and guess what happened? It never happened. The shows got shut down. They stopped happening. We missed the opportunity. So uh, you need to have like yeah. that go getter mentality in the punk community and you'll find a respectful way to do it. You know, I've, I've definitely, asked early on in my career and it was like mm, that might have been a little rude on the drive home no wonder he said no or she said no but as time goes on you learn how to sort of finesse it and you what you do and what you know the kids with the PAs something that I kind of want to dive into later on because I feel like I have a few more parts of your journey but if if you can offer something in return I'll book your show if you book my show that helps a lot too and it's sort of like the uh the bargaining and the bartering of the pop punk world is uh I'll never forget those lessons it's crazy to me you know? 
And you know what? Yeah, you're right. And you know what's funny is that I also, to anybody that's listening to this may want this advice, I never play, I never directly said that to anyone. I book your band. I never said, but you owe me a show in return. I never right. said that. But when you just put on something cool and you do it because you want to and because you love to, and like, I was going to put them a cool show together no matter what. If I got something back from it, right. cool, but I never expected the thing back from right. it either. Like I didn't I didn't do the favors with exactly. the expectation. Right. I, I have a feeling do, but the right. courtesy is there though. I have a feeling that you wouldn't have gotten right. as many favors in return if you were like, Well, you you owe me, bro. This is a good show. Right. You owe we've me. Also, like, let's talk about selling tickets, right? right? I for, I freaking forget that happened all the time until people bring it up and I'm like, that sucked. And what do we get in return from that? We got $2 for every ticket sold. I think there's a reason that all those guys who had you sell tickets don't book shows anymore. Because people got tired of it pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it it sucked. I, I will say, though, man, that it, it taught me. Like, I hustled. We made it happen every time. It definitely it taught me something. I don't like doing it. I don't do it anymore. If anyone asks me to sell tickets, I'm just like, ah. Yeah. We're too old nah, for that. We're I'm not in high school. Or I'll, just, or, <laughs> or I'll just be straight up I'll be straight up honest with you. This is this is what I think we can bring. Like, if you if, if a promoter says, here's tickets, can you sell this many? I'll say, maybe. This is what we think we could bring. Like, I'm, I'm still always going to promote right. the show. For you know sure. what I'm saying? Like, I'll always just be honest. But uh, then I, I, I dude, I, we were, I hustled, man. I, we would, we all did. We would just make it. I would make it a thing to be like, "Yo, guys, we gotta sell twenty five tickets." That means each one of us realistically has to sell six, five to six tickets. Like, right, make it right. happen. And if one guy doesn't, we gotta pick up the slack with this mm -hmm. guy. Like, yeah. just make it happen. Get your five. It's sold. funny. And like, we would, I'm hearing we would you guys talk about all this stuff, and I was never in. Like, I mean. I guess technically speaking, I was in a band in high school, but I was in a band that was already a band, and I played one show with them and wrote one song with them. So I don't really count that that much. But um, I never really had like the local band thing. But I went on tour with a, with a friend we mentioned before, Tyler, with hits like Pop Band, and everything that you guys are describing. Like we also went through on those tours, but the difference was that we had more money, but they were all the same problems. Like. Maybe you didn't have to sell tickets, but you still had to like go to the One Direction show and pass out flyers and be like, "Hey, I know you like One Direction, but check out this band that's not as good as One Direction, but you still will probably like them." And then you know, like while you're on tour with the band, it's like, "Okay, so like you guys are gonna headline in Florida because that's where you guys are from, and then when we go up to New York, we're gonna headline because that's where we're from, and then we get to the Midwest, and you guys are gonna headline." And it's like this whole thing, and it's like every genre probably has like essentially the same issues that you always have to work around when you're not on like the giant you know arena tours with semi trucks. And mm -hmm. it's just, it's crazy that, like, I'm sure that people in two genres are, like, looking at the other shows being like, oh, that's crazy. Glad I'm not doing that or something. But it's like, we're all doing the same shit. <laughs> like, if you're, if you yeah, don't have I, the label behind you, like, doing everything for you already, like, you're out there hustling. Like, I'm sure that when Macklemore, Chance the Rapper, all those independent guys were coming up, they were, you know, at the other shows, passing out flyers. They were selling their own CDs and tickets and shit. Like, it just, you just have to hustle. If you don't do the work, then no one's going to want to do the work for you. Yeah, the DIY pop scene's no different. Andrew got to sort of experience that. Thankfully, a lot of our friends in that scene have gone on to sort of get out of the DIY aspect, because if you're in pop, I don't really know how well that bodes in the long term. But, you know, AJ, I, this is something I actually love asking people uh, on this show, because I have, you know, done this twice, and I think I've gotten less out of it than I hope to get out of it, signing to a label, that is, especially in this modern era where you can seemingly achieve anything you want 
yourself through the internet, through being smart, through learning marketing, through taking the time to hone a new side of the craft. And eventually in the end, if it works out, you're going to be making more money because less people are going to be taking a cut. So where you're at right now, I see you and I'm like, all right, I know we still have some more parts of your journey to get through, but while we're here, I want to just address this. You obviously are, I, I would, I consider you a lifer. Okay, I don't think you're going anywhere. I think your pursuit to Amen. make a, a career out of music is, I think, along the same lines of Andrew's, where no matter how many times we get knocked down, we're going to keep getting back up and coming back stronger. So as someone who has full creative autonomy right now and is doing quite well on a bunch of different platforms, are you working towards signing that away or are you embracing sort of like the mentality of doing it yourself? Where's your head at with like the modern artist not necessarily needing a label? Um. I, I, I really don't, I don't, I don't, I, I always say this. I don't, I don't really, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of value in signing to certain labels, but I, I would never put my name and ink on anything that, unless I had the leverage to, to do it, unless I had the leverage to say, Hey, what are you going to do for me? And like, I'm not signing anything away until you tell me what you're going to do for me. Because if I don't feel like it's really worth my time, I'm not going to do it. Cause at the end of the day, I, not only feel like I have a pretty good grasp, especially in this past year, on everything I need to do to make this successful on my own, but um, I, I, I'm willing to learn, too. I'm always willing to learn, and I, that's where, like, what are you going to do for me? Because if all you, like, it's, I, I, that's what I think about in the modern day, in, in the internet, especially in the past few years where we've, where we've all come to, like, you it becomes less and less. There's no middleman right. anymore. It's it's we have all these platforms, <clears throat> and whoever's really good at communicating on them will win. It doesn't right. matter. Like you could win just by communicating well on these things. And if you know how to communicate and storytell and show the things you're good at, that's really that's the that's it, man. It's all you. It's all you really need in these day and age. And I think that you, if you wanted to sign to a label, I think that there is a lot of things that labels can do for you. Don't get me wrong. If a if a right deal came up, I would I would absolutely consider it, but uh, I would never seek it out. I want it right. to come. To I me. think that's like a big thing that you touched on that Chris and I have definitely learned the hard way um, with him being signed twice, me being signed once. Um, that like it's a lot of I feel like a lot of people or a lot of musicians, I guess really specifically, um, that are like where we're at or maybe less less successful, more successful, but not there yet. Like they think that oh. Like, I need the label to do all this stuff, especially because, like, I don't know how to do it. And honestly, I don't want to do it. Like, I don't want to do all that work. I just want to play shows and make music. Like, that's all I want to do. So they're like, a label will just do all the other stuff for me and I don't have to worry about it. But if you're willing yep. to do it and willing to learn, like you said, that's a big one. If you're willing to put the time in and realize, like, cool, I'm going to be bad at this at first, but eventually I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to be really good at it. Then you don't yep. really need a label for anything because everything you want to learn is available to you. And it's really just like, are you willing to put the time and effort in to do it? Or do you want to just like sit back and hope that a label will find you and just like hand you success? Because that pretty much never happens, especially now. It used to happen, but it'll. I don't think that's really ever going to happen. It was still again. a shot in the dark. Yeah, dude, it's, it's I, I think the reality, especially uh, in a post-COVID world, is it's never going to happen anymore. Totally. If you have that mentality, you lost mm -hmm. already. If you want to be a musician and you're waiting for someone to come to you, you're going to lose. It's... In a post-COVID world, man, like no one is betting on anybody anymore. Exactly, for sure. No one, and the whole music industry yes, collapsed. Unfortunately, no one is no one is gonna bet on you anymore. That you're gonna, you have to prove that you you are the valuable thing, and you have to be the asset. And 
not wait for oh I need management like what do you need man what do you exactly. try to manage right like if you you don't you don't need that unless you need mm-hmm. that soundbite mm-hmm. man like, I don't, you just gave I, us a soundbite like, of positivity and yeah. listen to let manage people what to let people in my <laughs> yeah what are you managing yeah so to let people in my head and to sort of you know, bring up why I chose to ask AJ and, and sort of step away from a story about all this because, you know, Andrew kind of really naturally segued it in. It, it's because, A, the music industry's changed and, and you have really adapted to it, AJ, I think. I mean, I like to think I've adapted. You really have. And we'll, we'll definitely get there. Um, you know, I don't want to keep you too long. I know you're a busy guy, but we still have a decent amount of time left in this interview anyway. So, cool. I'm in and so you really have adapted to it, but, but also I think it's something people need to hear. So I'm, I'm totally okay with talking about the fact that like, yeah, I, I did it twice and it didn't work out. And a lot of it was on me just waiting for someone to do something for me. And that was foolish because what was I waiting for? You know, all the energy that we had put into getting people's attentions, we, we could have got just, we could have kept going and, and got more right. humans on the street level to listen to us rather than like, you know, quote unquote suits. And it's, this pop punk mentality that even though me and Andrew don't make pop punk anymore, and this is really why I brought it here, is because like the mentality is still the same. I mean, I feel like you're applying the same mentality to your Twitch streams, to your TikTok videos, to uh, you know learning how to record and be an engineer, which is something I've seen you do in, in recent years. You're just taking what we learned. Hey, look, no one's going to book us on this big show unless we sell these tickets. So essentially, we're doing it for ourselves. We're not going to get the show unless we can guarantee something that we're creating the guarantee for ourselves. It's the mentality that I'm so thankful right. for growing up in that punk scene. So right. that's, that's kind of why I want to you it, know, it, get AJ's real, head at where the modern world meets the old mentality because there's something to real, be learned there, I think. Real quick before we move on, too, I want to say, like, I mean, yeah. I'm sure that... Labels aren't really signing a lot of artists this past year, you know, <laughs> with everything going on. But I think that... Probably not in the next five probably years. Probably not in the next five years. But <laughs> I would like to just say one thing that I think would have been useful to me and Chris when we had gotten signed the last time. That even when you have a label, especially like we were doing it all ourselves to get the attention of the label, then we got the attention and we were kind of like, cool. Now we're going to wait and the label's going to start doing stuff and we can do whatever they need us to do. If we had just kept going and then when we like hit a roadblock and was like oh we can't do this hey label can you help us do this that we're trying to do if we had kept doing that i think we maybe could have found a way to make that work even though like there were a lot of other circumstances that caused it to not work out but i think like even if you have that mentality like like we're not like i'm not trying to say like you don't need anybody's help ever you could do everything completely by yourself but just like only go seeking for help when you actually need the help and yeah when you have and I'm sure you'll too, find like someone, said. right? And I'm sure you'll you'll find somebody willing to help you because they either believe in you or can see a mutual benefit from both of you succeeding. So, yeah, I think for me, um, the past year, you know, I've I've do- I've dove in, dove in, dove dove in that past I've tense dove into dive. a lot of uh, <laughs> past tense dive uh, into a lot of uh, a lot of just learning about this stuff, you know, and. Um, one thing I will say more than anything, you learn by doing. You do not learn by watching YouTube videos about how to do. That can give you the start, but you actually have to do, and it's going to be everything you think. That, oh, I watched that YouTube video. I got this. It's going to be harder. All the, like, lose that mentality because the thing is going to be harder than you thought in the first place. Always. And then the other part of that is that, um, you know, just being self-aware of, like, trying a bunch of different things. And doing it to an extent to where you're like, I have a pretty good grasp on this. I could be better in this spot. And like you were saying, uh, Andrew, like being able to know what responsibilities you do dish out to other people because you're like, I'm not that good at this. I tried. 
I learned what they needed, and I or or you don't like it. There's also things that you has to get done that you don't like, and that's the like I already know the first things that if I could afford to hire someone, what I would want to hire. Like I know because I've tried everything, and I still currently do everything. Me and AJ and our band, we do everything yeah. ourselves. Every single thing we do, we don't have we don't have money. We're, we're unemployed. We lost our jobs this year, you know. So it's like. We do everything ourselves, but I know if we can afford to hire someone, I know what jobs need to get done. I know the things I don't like to do. I know the things I'm not that good at. But you can get by with anything. Like that's the the world is like you just you have to do the thing. You have to try. Like I'm not the greatest video editor, but I know how to make Instagram and TikTok videos and stuff. And I know that I have the ideas and I know how a good video editing video would look. But I know if I could hire someone to do it, that would be a lot, probably be a lot better. You know, but I'm I'm not gonna wait around either. I'm not totally. gonna wait till I can hire someone to do it. Like I have to just do it now. Like I just make do but it. But then with you that mentality, when you can hire being, someone, it's on your own terms and it's only benefiting you. So right, and they're probably coming to you, you being like, you, "I really want to work for you." Right, and you know exactly what to tell exactly. them you need. Like you know because because you did it yourself. There's no like waiting for some label or some marketing director or some something to be like, "Hey, this is what we're gonna do." It's just like, no, this is what I need you right. to do. Like, this is what we're going to do, and this is what I need you to do. Like, is I think is a way more valuable skill. It makes you it, – it's just – I mean, I love the gr- – I, I love working on this stuff. I love learning. I love doing mm-hmm. the thing. And I love I love sucking at things and then trying that's to get awesome. better. Yeah, I that's love you sound like Dave Grohl. I really <laughs> – And we will get there, too, with Dave Grohl. I, lo- um, I love Dave Grohl. Yeah, so that, that's awesome. So, AJ – I want to get more into the modern part of this interview, but I for everyone who wants to know, like, okay, well, like, he toured at some point. He started really getting out there at some point, right? So so take us from one fell swoop to shake out. And, and don't feel rushed here, but, like, let's uh, let's get there so we can get more into the fun stuff. AKA don't feel Dave rushed, but, that. like, hurry up. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I, get to, I, I could talk for, like, eight hours. Sorry. So shut me up whenever. Um, no, I, I, so one fell swoop, I booked a lot of, I booked, you know, I was in college at the time. And uh, I did five years in college because I did a master's degree, and it was a five-year program. So, like, basically, in my sophomore year of college, I was I had the GPA for them to be like, "Do you want to start taking grad classes now so you get ahead?" Um, so I went to college for five years, unlike most people's four. But I made use of every single break and weekend, and also played weekday shows. If they were like, "Yo, there's a Tuesday night, a Lost for Words is playing the Loft. Do you guys want to play?" We would do it. We would drive up and do it, and I would go to class at eight, in the morning, tired the next day. I never cared. 8 a.m. Um, class, fucked so up. I, yeah, shit sucked. I hated school in general. I was good at school, but I hated it, dude. Like, Preach, I, bro. I just did it. Homework yeah. is whack. I Essays those, are easy. You don't learn anything. No, I learned nothing in school, almost. I just didn't pay attention. I learned all the shit. Again, I learned all the shit I feel like I needed by doing. Like going yes. back to the last thing, I learned everything that I use now because I did, not because I sat in a classroom and learned it. Now that um, wait, that anyway, being said, wh- what's your master's degree in? Music well, education. Well, that's, use- that's Teaching useful. Music. There you go. Awesome. Teaching Great. Music, yeah, yeah. And I do that to this day. So I, you know, I love that too. So I mean, there's there's uh, and there's that's that's, that's a quick sure. I don't, that's I don't a quick side it. lesson with um you know, while achieving your dreams, like becoming a successful musician, if you can find another way to channel your passion, that's a more quote unquote, you know, safe job, like music teaching when you're trying to become a musician, then like, that's always really fulfilling and great to find. 
It's awesome. I, I love it. I teach lessons every couple days a week still to this day, and it's all in my own schedule and in my own thing, so it doesn't... It doesn't really matter. But, um, yeah, so I did go on tours in, in college. You know, we would do a week here, two weeks there. Um, it wasn't till after college. I got out of college. I, one fell swoop, started to become something different, which was we called it House Leaks for a minute. It was like another band. We put out one EP. Um, and it, it, we were just, it was it was mostly just me and John, and we were both in kind of a, we were in a weird part of our lives, I think. And, uh I don't know. It was it, it was just it was just like a weird. What's your age time in this time period? for me? Uh, That's what I thought. Okay, and you went back to one fell swoop 20, afterwards, right? Oh, no. okay. Nope. You never, never went, went back. back. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, no. Twenty six. Five years ago, the other day was our last wow. show. Damn, time flies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I we did house leaks for a minute. We played a few shows, but. Um, I at that same time as when I was like, well, I want to figure out what I, what I can do for myself that isn't go to get a teaching job in a public school because I all my all the people I went to school with that's what they were all doing. But that's I knew I wanted to tour and play and and I knew that having that full time job and doing that wasn't it wasn't going to be a thing. And still to this day, I don't think that it's really my and path, it definitely wouldn't have made touring what, any easier. No, it's a lot yeah, harder to take yeah, a lot man, of time off from like a school than you know, like, like a grocery yeah. store. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And uh, yeah, so I opened up the Donk, which was a music school. That's what it was on paper, uh, and I did teach out of that space. But I also was like, I am gonna throw shows. Here I learned night things at the Donk for sure. <laughs> lots of PBR for sure. Um, lots of PBR. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so the donk was my was the thing I, I kind of did right out of my master's degree, and uh, it was a year. It was a year, uh, a year lease. I lasted through the year lease before they were like, "You, the hell you out were here? only at the donk for a year." One year. That makes me so One sad. One year, and then it was what? It was done. I threw about seventy shows. That, that might year. have been the it's best crazy. year of my life. Easy. That honestly probably was the best year of my yeah. life so far. Then, I feel like I was there like twenty wow. times. That's- Dude, even <laughs> you were you dude, even, even if you felt like longer than a year, that's insane to me. That's that's like more than a show a week. And if you had done a show a week, that would have also been insane. But you did some weeks where you did more because you even had that's, a donk there's only fest. a fifty something week. We played you had donk it. fests. Yeah. So oh, that was that was the la- those were the last three shows that weekend because I was like, well, I know I'm not. I knew my lease was up at the end of November. I was like, let me give myself two weeks between like cleaning up this and the and getting out. So I threw that two weeks before my lease was up, and I was like, I'm going to throw a banger, and then we're going to walk out of this place and be like, wow. peace out. Uh, but One Fell Swoop actually did play one song at the very last Donk Fest show, that last day wow. of the weekend. We played one song because we were all there. We didn't plan it. We were just there. All four of us were there. We were like, yo, you want to play a song and not How tell fitting. anyone? And we didn't. We hadn't practiced. We didn't practice anything. We just did it. Someone got thrown through the, a hole through the wall during the song. When we started playing, someone just threw someone through the wall. <laughs> there was a mess. Dude. I had to patch and it for the those who don't Did the know, landlord find out? Hold on. For those that don't know, <laughs> three out of four of the walls in that room, if I remember, or at least two of them are brick. So, like, you only have a lot of options to yeah, throw people wh- through the wall. Yeah, the one behind the band oh. was brick. And the other ones were, were all uh, listen were all either sheet rock and someone got either thrown right way it's not like dude. the easiest thing to throw someone just through a wall. 
So <laughs> it was it was oh at the end of the show there was three at the end of that weekend there was three holes in the wall through that weekend that wow. Dogfest wow. weekend. Uh, but one was one was human size. That's amazing. One was like someone's whole back went through the wall and I was like, Oh man, that's gonna suck. What a way to go out. You know? But that's hey, a man. show. That's a show people are talking about it, yeah. for the rest and of their lives. Can can I be honest the, the, before? Because I want to sort of let people know about like the dunk. I think means a lot to to Andrew and I as well. Um, to our band and and to Austin and Mikey, we don't necessarily mm-hmm. still make music with them anymore. But I mean, we're all still really good friends and. I think it's because like, you know, there was such positivity and we played there so many times. And like, even if we were having like a bad tour, we would come to the dunk and we knew we would get a good show. And and, and usually it booked us at the end of the run. So we'd always like go home with an amazing last impression of the tour. And I think it's a big part of like... We were always definitely really excited to go to the dunk. Yeah. It was like a huge part of our band's overall mental health. You had such an amazing culture at that place. You know, all your friends who came and worked, it were super nice. It's like, oh shit, you forgot beer. Hey, have one of my beers. It's everyone's supposed to have fun right now. Or... It's like, you or know, like guys, you'd be like, chilling you in the hallway song, and someone, there's no rush. Like, it was awesome, you know? Yeah, you're chilling in the hallway, and there's, like, three strangers there, and they're like, yo, we're ordering pizza if you guys want in to just, like, throw fives. And we're like, dude, hell yeah, I want pizza. Are you kidding yeah. me? Mm-hmm. Or, like, dude, we played Brooklyn so many times also. There was at least one asshole, whether in a band or <laughs> in the crowd, at every Brooklyn show. I don't understand. Hecklers and all that stuff. Hecklers or, or people yeah, yeah. that were also in yeah. bands that were like, hey, thanks for letting me use your gear, but if you ever not watch our band again, I'll kick your ass. And I'm like, that's a weird way to say thank you, but Basically, okay. if you were um, at the dunk, you are the reason why I still to this day revere the punk mentality and sort of like the, the New York State <coughs> punk scene because it's just like, it yeah, gets, gets a bad rep, you know? That's pretty punk, much where I was going. Punk music gets a bad like, rep in the mainstream light. Is, yeah, it's like in Brooklyn, yeah, everyone no, was a piece of shit, but then yeah. I come to the dunk and like everybody, totally. everyone in all the bands, everybody who came yeah. to the show, everyone who was working the door, like everybody is so nice and accommodating. Just like, what up, bro? Music, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I think I think Westchester County is highly slept on and I tell True. touring DIY bands that all the time. Bands that I see touring and they're trying to get New York City shows, I'm like, Dude, New York City sucks. Like it you're, sucks. you're you're competing. You're competing probably with like eight other shows that night, <coughs> ten other shows that night. Like, you come up here, we'll throw a show for you. We we still throw shows all the time. I mean, not in COVID of world, but the don- since the donk has closed, the scene has only gotten bigger here, and it still goes. We still it, every bar, every weekend, people, someone's throwing something, but it's the only thing happening. You know, like there's only one mm-hmm, thing happening, mm-hmm. not ten things happening. So there's gonna be people there, and people like coming and they like hanging out, and they just want to see the bands, and they're just gonna hang out and see what happens. And every single band in our area, like or, all the bands are really dope in our area, but no one sounds the same. We don't have that kind of Long Island scene where all the bands like kind of came up and they all have totally. this similar sound. Not at all. Every band you go to a bill, it's like thrash band plays with metalcore band, band plays with. Plays, yeah, plays with the, yeah, exactly, like a psychedelic band plays with, like, no one sounds the same, but we're everyone's homies, and we're yeah. just all like, hey, you, you just, we're just here because True. we like music, we like hanging out, we not, just like, you know, we just want to have a drink on a Friday <laughs> night and watch some, yeah, tunes. not to mention, honestly, it's like all you would have to say to me, it's like if you're traveling with a van and trailer, would you rather drive into New York City, or would you rather? graciously and easily pulled into the giant parking lot of the donk and make and drive in circles and like pull up right to the door where you're going to load in on and not have to worry about any dumb stairs it was very ideal yeah that was huge that was huge yeah yeah, that that was that was nice that we were on the i was on the ground floor there but yeah man like i said even 
even in a post doc right. world, man, there's it's we st- it's still a great scene over here. We have we have some great bands. Um, more bands have popped up since those. Like, I I always meet new people. It's always growing. It's always. It's cool, man. It's it's never it's never really dulled. Mm-hmm. It's never like it's it's changed over the years, but it's never really dulled where we are. And Good. It's uh, it's it's cool, man. I love. I still love it. I still love. I always put on for. Uh, Hell yeah, man. man! It's a good area code for sure. So with that being said, you're 23 at this point in time. Take us to uh, where you are right now, to 28, and we can sort of talk about all the stuff you're doing recently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for a so second, yeah, I was so like, I, uh, not 23. I was kidding. <laughs> I was, like, I was getting what? there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm 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 coming up on 28 soon. Uh, but uh, yeah, I uh, yeah. So we started Shakeout at the end. We started Shakeout the year the Donk was happening. Like all that stuff was happening. I st- we started this band, and uh, we played our first show at the Donk in 2017. Um, and we just released a couple EPs. Uh, the whole idea of the project was I was big into looping. Um, I was doing like solo gigs sometimes, like just like with my acoustic guitar, and like I got just into the looper pedal. And I thought I saw this band, uh, uh, my friends in this band, Vicky Speedboat. They were a two piece. I saw him run a guitar in a in a bass cab, and I was like, "That's pretty cool." <laughs> and then I kind of took that idea and really just like expanded as far as I could to create two guitars, bass cab, looping. Can I shut the amps off? This really nerdy guitar shit, basically. And I was like, "All I need is a drummer." And this kind of came out of the point, too, of just being old and not knowing that it's hard to get multiple older people on the Mm. same page. And being like, well, the more I could do myself. So true, dude. Uh, uh, The older you get, the more differing everyone's opinions are. Yeah, heard that. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. I was like, the more I could do, just that same mentality, the more I don't need, like, I can learn the skills and do the thing, the less I have to rely on someone else. So, uh... Yeah, so we started that, and then uh, you know we've done some tours with Shakeout over the years. Um, I already had, you know, I've had, it's been a little, a little bit easier to book shows and book tours because I've done it already. I've ha- I have friends, I've booked a ton of bands. Like it's, it's a little bit easier to do those things once you've done them. Um, but uh, yeah, moving into this past year, this past year has been kind of crazy. It's been the biggest year for our band ever, and it's the year that everyone else took off. Yeah. It seems like everybody took their year off for their band, and it's been our biggest year to date because we were on tour when coronavirus kicked off in the mm. United States. About to go on a three-and-a-half-week tour. It's going to be the longest thing ever. And uh, five days in, we were in Arkansas, turned 25 hours back home, mm. and uh, came right back home and said, all right, like, next? Right? What was that moment like? <laughs> you know, man, I don't, I don't get too down about things like that. I think most people or a lot of people would, would think, oh, man, I just spent 100 hours booking a tour, which I probably did spend about 100 hours booking that tour. Um, oh man, this sucks. We're so bummed. We were bummed, but man, we had a good, fun ride back, and uh, we started talking about what was next. That was it. We didn't know. We didn't know. Also, didn't know coronavirus could have lasted two weeks at that point. We had no idea. We didn't know it was gonna be two years That's potentially true. of lockdown. Yeah. We, th- I was like, yo, dude, my job said I. I was like, well, first of all, I was already gonna be off for three weeks, so I didn't have to go back to work. I was like, yo, my job's closed for the next three days when we get back. You know, I was like, I. No one knew that it was gonna be. Not three, four days a week. Like no one knew. It was a, such a day by day case at that point. But I, when we got back, we were like, all right, so let's just let's figure out what's next. We don't we don't know. And we we dove right into. We act, got home and acted like we were still on tour because mm-hmm. we were supposed to be. So how did you how how do you do that? And how just, does one do that? Um. Well, you know, for us, like 
So I, I come from the place of doing all this stuff by myself, but AJK, my drummer, uh, works in production. And, uh, you know, his whole job relied on a thousand plus people being in their place at the same time. And, uh, but he did, you know, live sound. He's done a lot of video. He's done a lot of live streaming work over the years. He's, besides his own, like, video game streaming, he, uh, you know, he's done live streams for SJC Drums, where he did one with uh, Danny Hammer from Incendiary. He did one for Matt Griner from August Burns Red. And so he's done a lot of production work. And uh, so we got home and we were just like, we had always talked about doing something called, at the time, shakeout sessions, where we would try to like do live sessions and bring friends on. And like that was the idea at the time, right? And it's shifted a lot since we've been doing now. But we kind of just got home and we were like, we have a bunch of gear, we have cameras, we have stuff. Can we figure out how to live stream to to YouTube or Twitch? Or we didn't know at, the at that point. We were like, can we figure out how to go live? And uh, yeah, we just started building it. And we started doing it. And uh, in July, we went live five days a week. And a lot of those nights when we were on Twitch, we played to one person or two people. No one watched. No one cared. But we learned. Again, like we were okay with sucking. We were okay at just being like, this is going to suck. It's going to sound bad. It's going to drop out sometimes. It's going to, you know, things are going to happen and we're just going to have to adapt and get better. Mind, needless to say, the first one we did was awesome. And like, it didn't sound the best or it's like, it's gotten way better, obviously, since then. But the first one we did was pretty cool. And uh, we just stuck to saying, well, we have to do this at least once a week. And we've never missed a week. And then, in, like I said, in July, we went five days a week. Five days a week, we were going live every single night. Just go live, go live, go live, and see what happens. I, um, I, and then I was seeing that notification a lot where I would just be scrolling Instagram and go, ShakeOut just started a live video. And I was like, damn, again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. We were and we, we didn't even have plans half the time. We were just going live and just, like, trying to yeah. learn. Like, just learn every little skill we could. And, uh, yeah, man, it's paid off a lot, I think. And uh, through that, you know, while AJ was handling all the production stuff, which, you know, I never... Like I figuring out stuff like this, cool. Like I, I but the, the stuff this guy's doing, I'm like, I, dude, I would have never been able to figure this out. <laughs> um, he's on a whole other world, like with what he knows, and uh, so that's been amazing help. Like he's kills it, and then I was like, all right, so what do I do? And my job was just to learn how to how to market a band and how to, you know, like really use the internet to do that, which is not something like it's tough we all used, but I really wanted to learn how to do it. Like I wanted to like. That's what I've dedicated my whole last year to doing was like, how do I do this? And I started by hearing about TikTok, which at the time when I made my account in April or May or whenever I made it, it was like, everyone was like, oh, that's a bunch of 13, 14, 15 year olds. Why would you make that? <laughs> and I was just like, I don't know. People are looking at this shit, right? Like people are paying attention to it, whether I don't care how old they it's are. True. Right. And I just, I started sucking at making videos on there. I sucked, but I made... Uh, now I've made over 900 TikTok videos and amassed 33,000 followers. And just by doing it, I got up every day and my mission was like, all right, let me just make these right. and figure it out. I'm just going to make TikTok videos and figure this out. And uh, it taught it's taught me so much just through, I mean, other things too. I, I through that, I learned, I spent a couple thousand dollars last year running Facebook and Instagram ads, just trying to learn how to do that. And then, uh, you know, I've done other things too, but that taught me a lot about storytelling, like in, in TikToks, like this short form thing. And then it was cool because I learned this skill. And then now, you know, they launched Instagram Reels. And then I was just like, well, I know this skill now. 
by the time they launched Instagram Reels, I was like, I already have like 20,000 followers on this other thing that mm-hmm. does that. So I just started literally taking the videos and just moving them to Instagram and then making new ones and moving them and moving them and then was able to build a little bit more on there. And then I, th- I just realized how all these like skills translated because now I can make YouTube videos. Now I can make all these other things that are a little bit longer, but I, I actually, for the first time, understand how to make a video that like actually tells you something and makes you want to watch it. As opposed to, I think most, uh, I think most bands or most people in general use these tools to like market in a way where they're always trying to yeah. sell you something. And I don't, th- and I learned that that's not what you do. People need people want to follow you because they're interested in the thing, not because they're always, they feel like they're being sold oh, on a thing all the time. For sure. Even if I see an ad for something that I need, I'm like, ew, don't put this in my face. <laughs> like I know right. I need right. that, and but that's get about out of here. Value. I'll get it when I want it. Right. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's it. It's it's the value, you know. It's like we had we've had an Instagram running story ru- ad running for months now, every day that I run like a dollar on it a day or two bucks a day, and it gets like six cent link clicks where I'm seeing other bands that are like running the they're like check out our song on Spotify. Mine is a me spit taking and going, whoa, do you like rock music? <laughs> and like it's me that's just awesome. being goofy. I don't even I don't even say check out the band or anything, but people swipe up and go check so, out the band <laughs> because the thing the th- I just learned that skill of like you got to just catch people and not sell them. That's what marketing mm-hmm, totally. is. Totally. So know? you know, like I'm gonna give an example right now of like offering value. A lot of our audience are people who kind of want to do what you're doing, AJ. You know, take this entertainment industry by the reins and and do it for themselves. So, I mean, what what have you learned running Google Ads? I know a lot of people have sunk hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars into them and got nothing. What what have you done that you think is different? I know you kind of spoke about showing more of your personality, saying less of like, uh, hey like our song and listen to our song because we paid money to put this in front of you now as opposed to just mm-hmm. posting about it normally but is there anything yeah, less more there of a anything pitch. deeper that you think you could you'd be comfortable in parting with people oh i'm comfortable telling anybody anything man i've i've tried to i i want to teach these things to people because i think it's it's super valuable man like you can i think there's there's no competition like there's that's not a thing like in, especially now in music, like everyone can do something in music now. We there's enough space for all of us to do a thing and be successful and have a good that's, time doing that's the such thing a we're big doing. Thing to so, remember is like always being like, oh well, why should yeah. I do that when there's like ten people doing it really well? It's like well because there are a hundred thousand people watching those ten people being like, all right, what's it, what else? Like right. everybody there's, gets there's bored. An, enough space for everybody. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, little like I'm, I guess I guess I could tell you like tips like if you're making short form videos, especially like an Instagram story ad. If you want like general tip like that, is the first second hmm. matters. Okay. Yeah. Whatever hap- whatever happens in the first second of that video really matters. Me spit taking and saying whoa is gonna stop <laughs> you for a second, and it popping up in big letters. Mm, okay, so a little is gonna stop there. you for a second, as opposed to me. Right, you're making TikToks. You don't start your TikTok with hey yo what's up I'm AJ. No, no one gives a shit. You start your TikTok with the thing that you're trying mm-hmm. to show them in yep. that video. That is what matters. So those there's little tips like that. Um, anything in a video that doesn't need to be in a video shouldn't be. If you could cut things out, like if you were to clip a podcast and like we have the conversation, but I said too many. If there's like a brief pause or like if you're trying to make this into a 15 second real clip, I would take literally the best 15 seconds of the point you're trying to make. And and that's it. Like whatever, basically whatever I say that you don't need, Trim that's what fat. you take out. Trim the fat on anything. Um, 
Instagram, people watch that without their volume on. So I think captioning your videos <laughs> is super important. Dude, yeah, there, I, that blows Very my cool. mind. Like in my brain, I'm like, I'm not getting everything in the video, but there's so many people I know. They're like, oh, I never turn the volume on. And I'm I like, don't. What are you talking about? They don't. I don't. <laughs> it's crazy. Nope. And Chris what? is one of them. Nope. Because, <laughs> yep. When you're watching Instagram stories, you're passively doing it. And uh, if it doesn't, tech, the text isn't there, you, you people might not get the message. Exactly. What you're trying right. to say. So, uh, whatever. And then I think just making it really, I think another big thing is uh, knowing knowing who you're talking to. Yeah, knowing your huge. audience. Like, Knowing your audience is is massive. If you don't know who you're trying to communicate with, it's it's a lot harder to create contextual content for those people. And uh, and then I mean, there's there's so many things you could go into, but like I think all of those are, are really big. Just knowing who you're talking to, and then figuring out the best way to communicate what you want to say to them in an authentic way that's just you and isn't anyone else, and not being scared to mm -hmm. suck. That that's such a big one Too that true. I struggle with all the time. I'm like, I could start doing this thing but i don't know enough and i know it's going to be hard so maybe i'll just wait until i know more about it but then like you never know enough no you'll never and you only learn by like i said right. before like by doing and and i think in this day and age like people go well quality versus quantity and and i really actually think that it's uh especially when you're learning something it's quantity 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 because you learn from quantity you learn by making my first 150 tiktok videos i swear to god i only got 100 followers dude I made 150 videos and I couldn't figure it out, but I started clicking because I started and I only got that way because I made and then I would see what got reactions. I would see which ones did get something and then I'd start to understand and my next 150 videos got me to 20,000. Mm, determination. Mm -hmm. Never, just never, just not saying, oh, I suck right, at this, exactly. I'm done. Like the, it's not like it's not about hey like, this isn't working I'm bad it's okay this isn't working what am I what should I learn what should I improve on what do I adjust and you know that's another thing yeah, to bring it I, back to sort of uh, the punk the punk roots I mean for every good show we played opening up for Bayside and set your goals right how many shows did you go to the booker said this is gonna be fucking fire to put it in modern Dude, terms yeah. this is gonna be yep. an insane show we got this local band with a huge draw from pennsylvania this local band with a huge draw from connecticut and we're all coming yep. to this random spot in west virginia it's gonna be <clears throat> lit and you get there and there's no one but you still put on yes. the same show that Dude. you would give to a room of 200 people because it's yeah, what you gotta even, do and that's even e on those pop shows like on this band that i toured with their last tour like there was like this is our farewell tour and everybody obviously like holy shit i gotta go to this tour i'll never see this band ever again there was shows on the east coast on the west coast that were like sold out 300 people 400 people at these venues or whatever and then you get to like the middle of america and it's their last tour and everyone's like oh we're so excited you get to a show and there's six people and I'm like, wait, and I'm like, wait a minute, yeah. hold on. We just played the 300 screaming people two days ago. And now we're here and there's like six people that are like, are you guys the headliner or are you guys the headliner? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and it's just, you, you got to take That's it yeah. all. You got to take it yeah. all together. Yeah. Dude, you, it, but all those moments are, are learning moments. Right. And I think that a lot of people get down mm -hmm. by that. But the reality is like, you can't, if you, it's the people, like you said, the lifers, man, like. I will do this if no one watches me right. do it. I don't care. Like, I don't, it's cool that I've like figured out, oh wow, I've masked a little bit of a following now. Like on the internet, like I have a following of people now on the internet that do not know me and have no bias towards me. Before this year, I would argue that most of my friends were the people that really liked the bands that I were in. And like, I knew the people and the, they were in my community or whatever, but like now mm -hmm. it's people I don't know and they don't have to like me or give a shit about what I'm doing. Like, and like, but with that being said, 
even if that didn't happen, I'd still be going. I'd still be doing it. Like I, I think it's just like people don't have the patience to just love what you're doing in the moment of, of doing it and love the, like, the learning process and love that part of it because if you can really learn to fall in love with that part, it gets pretty easy, man. Like, it's, it's, not, it's not hard to be yeah, a lifer. Totally. You know? like, love what you do and you'll never student. work a day yeah. in your life. Exactly. Exactly. I, yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't, it's cool to see growth. It's cool to see all that. It's amazing. But at the end of the day, like, I'm going to do this whether no one's plus, watching or not. So, plus the or fact that you're doing it because you love it, like, there's no way to not translate that. And it's so, even if it's, like, kind of hard to tell, you can always tell if it's just fake. Like, if they're not there because they want to be there kind of thing, you know? So, like, I am a firm believer Agreed. that if you're doing, if, like, you're a great example. You're not doing this to become a super famous internet musician. Like, I'm not trying, like, you're not trying to be like, yes, everyone will think internet musician, AJ. He was the greatest that ever lived. Like, you're just trying to do what you love to do and have fun doing it. And then if people join you along the way, then fantastic and those people that find it are like wow this guy loves what he's doing i love this like it just if you if you do it authentically and you love it like people will come and people will support you that's just what i think dude my podcast is called be yourself do it yourself because it's all about just doing shit yourself (laughs) and 100 percent being yourself in that process if People don't like people don't like phonies, man. Like, or if if you are phony, it gets it. You'll get shut out mm-hmm. real quick, man. Like, it get it yes. gets it, anyone that's phony, it gets cut out real quick. They'll people will know. Maybe not right away. Maybe you grow a thing, but if you're being phony, one it doesn't the, sustain. Um, one of the things I it always does, do is I ask, sustain. like, um, you know, like probably my 15 closest friends, closest people in my life. I was like, hey, so. First of all, if you haven't been listening, I'm not pressuring you to listen, but I just want to know, like, what's the difference between podcast Chris and regular Chris? And so far, they've always said there is no difference. The second they say that is the second I'm going to have to have a big conversation with myself. I think that is 100% important, you know what I mean? To keep that sort of genuine nature there because, you know, you can pay for ads and get 150,000 views. But uh, who, who's the person behind that? You know, like why, right. why are you exactly. why are you yeah. paying for all those views? You know, there's a, you, so you right. just gotta we make could, sure. If we had the if we had the money, we could obviously blast all of our YouTube videos in front of everybody on YouTube and get millions of views. And to someone who doesn't know anything, would be like, wow, they're doing a really good job. But then like you watch it and you stick with it, and they're like, these guys, why? Like why do they have all these views? Like it's weird. And then it just fizzles out, and yeah, everyone exactly. forgets about you. That's why there are billions of one Dude. hit wonders in the world because they. They got their they got their <laughs> shot and they did it and they're like cool I'm doing it and then everyone was like oh but you don't you're not gonna do it again because you don't want to. <laughs> there's no there's no shortcuts for sure. Oh yeah. There's there's no shortcut to that. There's no you're gonna have some viral moment that's gonna change your life and like yes that happens but like the reality is that most people that happens to when they have the song that finally takes they worked like 20 years to get there. Yeah for sure. Or, or like the. And like even and the reality too is like, you know, in, in the idea of, of marketing, right? When you think of marketing, there is this idea of a funnel, right? And at the top of the funnel is the people outside of the funnel is the people that have never heard of you. At the top of that funnel is people that are aware, and you have to work people down. And why it's a funnel is because less and less people will work down to the steps of being like there for your community and like wanting to be a part of your community they're all the way at the bottom of that funnel those people and you have to drive people through like giving them awesome stuff like we were saying value like providing something awesome for them to want to be a part of that 
And there's no shortcut to that. Getting a viral video, cool. I've had them on TikTok. I've had videos that have hit a couple hundred thousand views. It's just mass awareness <laughs> at right. the top. Yeah, for if sure. People now heard about you. Now you have to do the work to like actually get them to really care and like mm -hmm. like it. And like that's it's cool that you just got mass awareness with running an ad. You just got you're getting mass awareness. But you're not driving people to listen yes. to the podcast yes, every dude, single that's, weekend. That's a big one. Oh, that's a more. big one that I think people, including myself, really don't like think about too different. Is like you get a like we like the stash. Our old band is a great example. Like we had a video and we you know like paid money for Google ads and like placed it places and it got like over a hundred thousand views and we were like, dude, this is freaking awesome. Like a hundred thousand people have seen our video. They know our band, but that's like you said, it's mass awareness. That doesn't equal them being like. I'm a fan of this band. They're just like, that was a cool video. Click, move on. Mm -hmm. But like, you have to give them something either yeah. in the video, after the video, before the video, something afterwards to be like, hey, but keep engaged. I can give you that fun feeling again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I think, especially in the internet age where like we all consume so much in a day now, like yeah. we all consume so much content. You have to, that's why I said people say, oh, but quality over quantity. Honestly, no, it's, it's a quant, it's both. But it's a quantity game, and I think overjudging what quality yeah. is, I think me me going on my using my phone to just tell you a cool story is quality because if the story is interesting, it's cool. The pros can give you, but yeah, the, that doesn't. The pros doesn't, give you both. <laughs> that doesn't mean, right. dude. And I mean, right? The pros a, give you so in a weird. You, in a weird yeah. kind of example, like even just look at Vine, like some of the biggest Vines obviously are like really produced, well-written, like you know that they planned it. But then the other ones are just like some dude picking up his phone being like, ha, free Shavakadu. <laughs> and it's just, if it was funny. Dude, <laughs> dude, some of my biggest videos on TikTok, I would say out of the 800 videos I've made on that, at least 500 of them were made yep. with this device right here. <laughs> Ain't that with, something. With my phone. I Turn the flip to the front, and I use the camera in yeah, the TikTok. The less app. good camera too. And the, that, the front flip. Uh, yeah, front flip. Oh, an iPhone seven. Ooh, a seven. But I, a seven, dude. I and but the reality is like that's what my point of quality. Like quality is subjective. Quality is the words coming out of your mouth, the story you're telling, the thing you're saying. There are you could be a perfectionist and try to. That's what I used to do. Like everything has to be high quality, great. And, or you can just bust out as many cool stories as possible in the shortest mm -hmm. amount of time as possible, and you will see faster growth, I guarantee it, because information is way too fast moving. If you spend an hour, two hours making a video that 10 people are going to see, you could have spent that same hour making right. five so, videos. So, AJ, I have two more beats mm -hmm. that I kind of want to hit on your journey here, uh, and, and we'll link everything that you just spoke about, all your different platforms, TikTok, Twitch, in the description below, so you guys can go check out ShakeOut and, and AJ's personal accounts. You, though, played, or, or not played, but uh, I actually don't know if you played it or not, but you at least were in a garage with a rock and roll icon, and he played a set, <laughs> and there was fireman there. I, I, the details of the story are fuzzy. I'm kind of curious. You, you met Dave you want, in a garage. If you if you want proof of the photo, just look at, um, you. that's one to shake out like, single artworks for something, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, we did a we did a, a cover co of the pretender. We did a cover of amazing, by the way, great the cover. It's on YouTube, and mm. I I used the picture of me and Dave Grohl. That's as, as such the a good picture. Like, I, Talk about that day, man. <laughs> it, with Talk oh, about that. So how good. did that even Cell, happen? Cell phone. Okay, so uh, 2011, mm. ten years ago. Ten years ago. Wow, that's, that's gross. Crazy. I graduated um, high school in 2011. Hey, one's up. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, the, uh, 2011, the Foo Fighters did eight garage shows, and it was like you had to enter a picture of your garage in 25 words. I remember that. I there. saw their little like video compilation thing on a couple of them. I guess I missed yours. Yep. And, yeah, ours is on there. It's on YouTube. You can watch the. There's video. There's fo- tons of footage that was like professionally filmed from that day. Um, so my my best friend John Sipa, who I was talking about, who I played, who we grew up playing together. His dad entered the contest, and out of the like whatever hundred thousand, fifty thousand, hundred thousand people that entered in the tri-state area, picked his garage in Yonkers, and uh, he had fifty people that he was allowed to invite. And uh, we were all told a week beforehand and weren't allowed to say anything because if people showed up, it was a bust. It was in right. the contract that, like, no one could show up to this thing that wasn't part of those 50 people. So we all had to keep real hush. We couldn't post on the Internet about it or be like, oh, the Foo Fighters are coming to play. I had to be dead silent about the fact that the Foo Fighters are going to be playing in my friend's and garage. If, and if you've been listening uh-huh. to AJ describe his life, you have to imagine that he was a huge Foo Fighters fan and he had to know at least a couple other huge Foo Fighter fans. Oh yeah, dude! I saw them at, at Madison Square Garden nice. the year before, and oh I was like, and "Now gosh. I'm like, yo, we're about to go." And now I'm like, "Yo, we're gonna see them where we practice. We have band practice here. Like, we're about dude, to see the you, Foo Fighters." You're there. like venue cousins <laughs> with the Foo Fighters. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> funny, man. We uh, but yeah, so he lives two blocks from me, and uh, I had to go down. They made us meet at a hotel that's like kind of close to here, and then we got bussed over. And everybody that got off the bus was allowed to go into the show, and there was security at the bottom of the garage. And uh, um, so his so speaking of the firefighter thing, his uh, his dad was a retired uh, New York City firefighter who retired after 9/11 um, because he had a lot, he had a lot of issues mm-hmm. um, with his breathing. And um, so yeah, there there you know there was there was a bunch of firefighters there, which is which is cool. Uh, my dad was a, a police officer, um, and he. Uh, he actually gave up his spot so he could work it because they had to have three cops there. Um, so he gave up his spot so he could work it and he could just actually still go in, <laughs> which was funny. So my dad's there rocking a Yonkers Police Department jacket and Dave Grohl at one point in the set goes, we thought the cops might shut this down, but the cops are all here. And then they flip the camera to my dad. My dad's like, <laughs> that's amazing. Turn that shit up. Turn that shit up. Like screaming. Oh, my God. Your dad is so cool. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, man, it was it was a crazy, crazy time. I don't know, fifty of us in how, garage. How long is they the sounded set? amazing? Like Unreal. Hours Damn. They didn't. They didn't care, dude. They didn't. They said whatever you want to see us play, we'll play. Unreal. Like it wasn't. They weren't like. Oh, it wasn't on. They were on no type of rock right. star shit. It wasn't like all, a, we're gonna stopped, come in. We'll play you your five uh, singles and we'll take pictures and we'll go. And then we're out. Nope, nope. They hung out. They were like, "How you guys want us to play more? What do you want to hear? What are we playing?" They played for like two hours, man, and then, and then they took pictures and hung out afterwards. And like we were all chilling in the yard, and Dave Grohl's there, and I'm like, uh, Taylor Hawkins, Unreal. and all these guys are just chilling. Cool. I'm, I'm getting like anxious and, and like nervous just hearing you talk about. Yeah, it. this is amazing. <laughs> it was it it was so cool, and and so afterwards, it was it, uh, funny enough. You know, John is super Italian, and his dad is super Italian. And uh, he had he was ha- he had dried meats hanging in the garage because he used the garage yes. to like dry his meats. And uh, Dave Grohl talked about it on Conan. He's like, "Yeah, I was in this guy John's garage in Yonkers, and he had the salamis and the prosciutto hanging up in oh, the I'm back." Oh, I'm looking that up. <laughs> That's amazing! Wow, that's so cool, dude. Yeah, it, it was really it was really awesome, wow. man. It was 
One of the best show I've ever been to. The best show. One experience. I can't, I can't imagine. I, I cannot imagine what that must have been like. Yeah, nothing. Noth- I can't think of any any musical so cool. experience that could really top that. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. It was so cool, man. And then that's why we did we did the cover, kind of our style, two piece mm-hmm. looping. But I wanted to tell that story. Yeah. I was like, we got to tell that. That's like such a cool, unique story, and I want to put it in a YouTube video badass, where man. we talk about it. And, and the last thing I kind of wanted to bring up is, uh, you know, speaking of uh, defying the odds uh, and, and, you know, never ceasing to uh, persevere. Like, I think the Foo Fighters were a great segment into this. I mean, at that level, they had no reason to go and play garages other than the fact that like hey they're passionate and they love what they do and they're going to play a show they don't matter doesn't matter who's there how many people where it is and you, you're kind of doing the same thing you, ha- you have a little bit of an event coming up at the end of the month and uh you've been promoting it keep flying's involved and i, I want to let you take the reins on it because you're persevering in covid times like we said con- con- continuing to bring content and amazing music out to people in these like crazy times so talk about it man what's going on yeah, so so AJK and I, um, we recently launched a company called Live Livest, and uh, why it's called Livest is this: we think it are the, it, it's going to be the most live and engaging live streams that anyone can see. The the livest, the, the most live, the most live. Yeah, um, yeah. So you know, I mean, obviously, like I said, we went, we've gone live at this point. I, I don't know, a lot of times. This year, you know, we we went live as a full band a lot of times. We never missed a week, and there was weeks that we went multiple times. And through that process, we learned a lot. Whether there was one person there or whether there's, you know, 50, 60, 70, 100 people there, we, we've learned a lot about, about doing it. And um, we see how every band wants to make that happen, but the reality behind it is that the bands that are doing it are the bands that can really afford to do it because it's, it's about a ten to $20,000 investment to hire a company to come and put this kind of production on for you. Um, so our goal is to do, we're doing vic- virtual ticketed events and uh, we are trying to produce live streams for bands that that can't afford $20,000 live streams, but want to bring things to their, f- their I'm fans. I'm sure there's a and, handful um, of bands out there that want to do that and can't shell out $20,000. <laughs> Probably exactly. a couple. Exactly. <laughs> And uh, just like the thing, like I said, what we've learned, we want to teach other people. Like we don't, I'm not hiding anything. Like I want to show everybody how to do, what to do and how to do right. this. And like we want to go and we've watched, so I've, we've watched a couple of the pro live streams. You know, I watched uh, my friend, my friend Matt, the Wonder Years. We watched the Wonder Years live stream. We watched, uh, theirs was great, by the way. They did Blink-182 cover sets it was on nice. Halloween. It was amazing. Uh, we watched, uh, Pup did one, August Burns Red did one. You know, the bands that can afford to do it have been doing it, and they've all been cool, but we we definitely see that there's elements that are missing out of it that we are trying to produce in the engagement department of it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we, we're, we're trying to just engage people more, and I think that, you know, like our Twitch stream, we do goofy things. Where we see the chat live, and we're just interacting the whole time. And that's what we want to bring to our the livest live streams. We want to bring that energy. That, that keep flying will be live on Saturday. The show will be live. It's not pre-recorded. You will be seeing it in real time, and you will chat, and they will see it. They will have a screen in front of them, all of them, so they can see it, and they can shout your name out, and they can put your name in a song if you want, and they can, and like that's the energy that I haven't seen on these live streams that we do every week, and we want to bring to the world and to bands that like i said can't afford to do this we're doing this shit out of peter's basement on saturday there you go 
You know, we're doing it out there at Drummer's Basement. And part of our, our job as Livest is to find the venue. And it so happened to work out that we could do it right in their practice space. But we want to we want to travel out to the band. And we want to help them create the experience for their fans that... Even when touring comes back, it's going to be really valuable. I don't think you'll ever get an experience like what we want to try to create with nice, this. Nice, man. That's so, awesome. Yeah, li- livest.tv if you want to check out the, the site. The first stream will be on Saturday, and we'll have a bunch of uh, video and stuff afterwards. Because um, I think that a lot of bands might really be interested yeah, in doing something Yeah, uh, like definitely. Where can they contact you if they want to be a part of that? Uh, yeah, you can just head on livest.tv if you want. We have uh, It's L-I-V-E-S-T. Dot .tv is the website and there's a there's a contact form right on there. Perfect. Looking um, forward to it, man. Can't wait to yeah. see it. Can't wait to check yeah, it for out. For sure. We love John. So, we do love John. I I I, I love him, KF, of course. Man. He, like I said, he'll True, be yeah. talking to him in a little I'll be talking to him in a little bit. Perfect. On, uh, so, yeah, AJ man, before we let you go, is there any stone left unturned? Anything you want the people to know that we didn't quite cover here today? Uh no, thank you for having me. Uh I love that you guys have done this, and I love that you guys continue to do this. Thanks, man. And um, please don't hey, man. stop. We actually, don't stop. we do actually have one more question. For That's you true. That we ask every guest. Okay. Um, hey, well, man. basically, <clears throat> everyone that comes on the show, we ask them to describe themselves as a creative a creator, a musician. You know, just someone who makes art. What would you describe yourself with one word? And then you can elaborate on that word afterwards and take as much time as you need. You know, like you said, we can edit it out if you want to take a second. We won't, but we can. Um, we, we won't because <laughs> we never have, but we can. Uh, but yeah, what's the one word that comes so, to mind if, if you had to think about yourself and then further elaborate on it? Like when you speak to yourself, huh? what's your inner monologue tell you? Oh, man. Um, well, my inner monologue sucks. It doesn't <laughs> stop. I have ADD, I have ADD hey. like actually, so and my brain is, my brain doesn't stop speaking to me. Um, nonstop. Hyphenated <laughs> words are one word. That's true. Uh, not, nonstop. Let's go, let's go with that. I think that that's, that's, my, uh, that's my word. I, my brain doesn't turn off. There is no, the, the ideas always flow. Uh, I have gotten better over time at learning how to prioritize Amazing. Them. That's so cool. We've never had that one before. That's awesome, dude. I love it. AJ, dude, real quick before we let you go, tell everyone once again where they can find you, where they can keep up to date with ShakeOut, Livest, and anything else that you want them to know. Don't be bashful. Now's your time. Just just let them know everything. And we'll link it in the description as well on YouTube and in the, uh, the audio show notes. So go ahead, man. Cool. Thanks. Yeah, ShakeOut NY on... All the platforms for the band. Uh, we're you know on YouTube, Twitch. We're everywhere. We're a band that's everywhere. We got they a podcast really coming are out soon. Everywhere. And they're probably yeah, we, we're live everywhere. when you find uh. them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So shake out NY. Uh, my personal stuff is just my name, AJ Chiarella. Um, and Livest, yeah, Livest is our new thing. Please, if you if you guys are interested in just live music in general, we're really gonna try to create awesome, engaging events, and we're hoping to build a community out of it too. You know, it's not. It's not the idea of, like, we're going to just do a show for someone and then we're going to go do the show for someone else. We want to build a Livest community. We want people that, like, are interested in what's going on there. So, uh, Livest.tv, all our social medias are on the website if you want to just find them there. L-I-V-E-S-T dot TV, right? Awesome. AJ Chiarella, man, thank you again for joining us so much. This was an absolute blast, dude. Glad we got to do it. 
Yeah, dude, thank you guys so much again for having me. For sure, really, man. Really, this really will be the first it. of many times, hopefully. So uh Yes. And I think this I think I, I don't so. know if it's actually longer, but it's at least getting up to tying our longest episode yet. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That it's was all good, I, man. we say it we say it so many episodes, but like this really I think I learned the most in this episode of just like doing it yourself, you know? Yeah. Luckily I have Chris doing I it for the both of us, but I'm now glad. I'm gonna start doing some more stuff. Yeah. I'm gonna hold you to that. There you cool. go. So good. AJ man, I love thank that. you once again. We really appreciate your time, dude. Good luck with everything. It was great to catch up with you, man. We miss seeing you in person. This was fun. For sure. Yeah. Likewise. Hopefully I'll see sure. you guys this so year. So Andrew, dude, why don't you tell everyone before we head out of here about what we do, where it is they can find us, and uh maybe if there's a final message you have for the people too. That'd be great. Oh, thanks, Chris. Um, no problem. Well, if you're if you're listening to this on audio, we love you, but we would really love it if you would come watch us on YouTube because A, helps us out the most, and B, come on, I, I washed my hair for this. It looks good, and I, I just want more people to see when I have a good hair day. So please subscribe to our YouTube, like the videos. It's youtube.com slash talking with andrew and chris there's no g in talking because we don't got time for that <laughs> uh there it is right there uh you know we're putting up we we got all our episodes look at that come on y- you listen to it but it's better than listening to it yeah, because we have thumbnails now so click on thumbnails them, you know we're we trying got visual bits it's a good time and then while you're there you could check right below that you can see it's got says talking tv might as well subscribe to that one too chris and dom do a lot of fun <laughs> stuff over there thanks Andrew. i pop over there from time to time appreciate that um and if you're one of our favorite people and you're watching this on youtube guess what you can listen to us too if you're if you if you need a break if you need to get going and you want to finish the episode then just pop it in your ear we're on all of the digital streaming platforms uh you know talking to andrew talking with andrew and chris uh, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Radio Public, Stitcher. Dude, AJ, you rock. Thanks, AJ. AJ's the coolest guy. Um, uh, AJ just subscribed to our YouTube channel. Stitcher, also, Breaker, Radio Public, Google Play, the, yep, you name yep, them, we're there. Yep. Um, guys, we're there. We, uh, we're also on all of the social medias oh, at true. Talkin' Podcast. That's a good call, so Andrew. follow us, talk to us, let us know who you want us to talk to, what you want us to talk about. And, and, you know, I would love to do that. So tell me what to talk about. Yeah. And I can talk about and, it. And, uh, no, seriously, guys, like, uh, we know last last year was a bit of a rocky road for us uh, in regards to doing the podcast and, and music and all that. Uh, it, it, it hit hard, but we're here for you. This is uh, three for three, and we are promising you 150, uh, not 100, 56 episodes this year, although we already have plans for... Um, 156 episodes would be We, we might hit nutty. it, though, because we're <laughs> up in the content this year. We have plans for so many different types of extra shows that are going to take place exclusively on the YouTube channel. Um, and hey, 56 weeks, 56 podcasts. We're already three for three and we can't wait to, uh, we have a whole slew of guest book for the next few months. Me and Andrew are going to be talking about some football, the new Foo Fighters record. So we're here. We're here for you guys. And of course, we're working on music as well. We're getting back to it this year. So uh, expect a lot from us guys because we're here for you. You guys were here for us when we, we, when we took time off. You guys continue to still listen and True. check out the back catalog. So, so uh, we're here for you and we appreciate it. And uh, with that being said, Thank you so much. We love you. We hope you're having a great start to your new year. And Andrew, do you have a final yes. message for the people here today? Um, subscribe to everything that Shakeout and AJ are doing and also stay sweet. Stay sweet. 
<laughs> All right, guys, there you have it. Yet another episode of Talking with Andrew and Chris. And we just want to take a moment here to thank you guys so much for all the support you've shown this show. I mean, I'm sure you guys know, but this show is 100% creator owned and creator run. And quite literally, we couldn't do it without you. I mean, the fact that you guys keep coming back week in and week out is not only humbling, but it's inspiring. And, and it's a reason why we will continue to deliver upon our promise to bring you content every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And so all we ask for you guys to do in support of this show, for free, mind you, is please head over to youtube.com slash talking with Andrew and Chris. Please click that subscribe button. For whatever video you choose to listen to, click that thumbs up. It would really help out us grow the channel. And most importantly, turn on that bell to get notified every time we post content. Again, that's every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on YouTube at 2 p.m. And of course, on audio. You guys can find us on Spotify, Overcast, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. That is Talking with Andrew and Chris. And all we ask you to do on those platforms is please click the follow button, the subscribe button, leave a review, preferably five stars. Whatever the platform allows you to do, if you could throw us a little support, that would really mean the world and help us keep growing this show. Once again, guys, we appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for the support. Stay sweet, and we'll see you in the next episode.